Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. Hour number two of the Rob Carson Show. Much to uh, get to, including, you know, the uh, the whole uh, reparations things going on. It's exploding all over the country. I don't know why 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 this moment is is causing it. Maybe it's a distraction. Whatever. Maybe there's uh, just a uh, group of people who want uh, they want money for nothing. To be quite honest, and their chicks for free. Uh, I think it's kind of interesting that. Um, People who never were enslaved are demanding money from people who've never owned them. And it really is just a way to cover up uh, Democrat policy failures and bad personal decisions. Oh, no, you didn't say that. That's racist. Oh, no, no, it's not at all. Not not one little bit is it racist. Because uh, my ancestors didn't get here until well, about 1915-ish, 1920-ish, and they never had anything to do with slavery. And, and you know what? I know a whole hell of a lot of poor white people out there and a whole lot of poor other classes of people, and uh, this is just absolute uh, nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. So two-thirds of Americans believe that COVID came from a Chinese lab because they're not stupid. It is speculated that a $600,000 National Institute of Health grant given to uh, the Wuhan Institute of Virology <clears throat> uh, via the research organization EcoHealth Alliance was used on the dangerous research. And I would say uh, most likely it was because, uh, you know, it's called the uh, it was from Wuhan and it was the same kind of virus they were working on in the lab. And uh, by the way, some people are saying that it was accidental. But why did China allow air travel outside of Wuhan the first few weeks that it was announced to travel around the world? Why did that happen? Why did that happen? I don't understand. I don't even I don't understand a country that would create a an app called TikTok, TikTok to uh, spy on your children and steal all your information your phone, from your phone. I can't understand why China would want to do that. The same company, country that has stolen all of its ideas from the United States, stolen its intellectual property for decades and enslaves uh, Uyghurs to build iPhones for Apple. I don't, I don't know why anybody would have any doubts about uh, about China. But most Americans believe uh, the obvious, the most obvious thing, which is that China created the dang virus in a lab in Wuhan, China. The United States, including uh, Anthony Fauci, helped to fund the research, and then they've been spending the last two years covering their butts using the instruments of government to shut down free speech and any sort of uh, disagreement whatsoever. That, I'm, I'm afraid to tell you, is absolutely uh, without a doubt, without a doubt. But listen to this. A bombshell House Republican report links COVID-19 to China's bioweapons program. Lawmakers suggest the virus may have reached humans via lab-related incident in Wuhan. I know, I'm just shocked. 
In a damning report on the coronavirus pandemic's origins, GOP lawmakers stopped short of directly tying the the disease to Beijing's weapons research. The investigation was led by uh, GOP Rep. Brad Wintrup. The report obtained by the Daily Mail and first shared. uh, They also issued a harsh rebuke of American intelligence agencies whom they've accused of misleading the public and downplaying information when they suggested the virus likely had no bioweapons origins. You couldn't talk about it. Remember that? You remember that? You couldn't talk about it. You couldn't even talk about possible other treatments than what the government uh, told you you could get. You couldn't talk about vaccine efficacy or vaccine injuries. Why is that? Why would all of the social media and the mainstream media shut down that discussion? I mean, who would help to coordinate that? Well, what agency would be big enough to coordinate that and to create a, a title called disinformation that anything anything that disagrees with the policies of the, of the state... Oh, I guess the state. Yeah, the state did it. The state did it. That's crazy. The intelligence community withheld key information from the public information that could have been shared without damaging national security. These omissions likely skewed the public's understanding of key issues and deepened mistrust. And oh, hell yeah, my mistrust of the federal government right now is so deep that you couldn't even go with one of those bathospheres like uh, the guy who discovered the Titanic. You would crush it. That's how deep... My distrust of the federal government is right now. In fact, I don't trust them at all. Not one little bit. But they don't believe the outbreak was intentional. Hmm. Even though they kept air travel going, it's kind of funny, right? Right? But only so much can be conclusively decoded with the limited cooperation that China is providing to the international community. Like, maybe they're not even looking for the source. It was bad soup. You ever had their cup of bat soup? My God, it's so good. You just add the hot water, and it's so batty tasting, the real cavey batty taste that you just love so much. A declassified report by the U.S. intelligence community released in October failed to conclusively reach whether COVID-19 emerged in nature or was created in a lab. That was Joe Biden's uh, half, uh, half of an effort to maybe investigate it that never really happened because he's bought and paid for by China. But Republicans in the, excuse me, had a little bubble there. Uh, But Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee said their findings run contrary to those earlier assessments. Based on our investigation involving a variety of public and non-public information, we conclude there are indications that SARS-CoV-2 may have been tied to China's biological weapons research program and spilled over to the human population during a lab-related incident at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Now, normally you'd think uh, uh, our number one enemy creating a virus in a lab, even as a possibility, would spur some sort of interest from investigative agencies in the federal government, but that doesn't appear to be so. All they did was cover their and China's ass. Here's a little montage of uh, Anthony Fauci having no idea where the uh, where the virus came from and the stark reality that it came from China, most likely from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. We, I, I don't know how many times I can say it, Madam Chair. We did not fund gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. In our health lead, we now know that a bat coronavirus was enhanced in a lab. NIH and NIAID categorically has not funded gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute. The National Institutes of Health acknowledged that it funded research of a virus that was studied at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The experiment unexpected. Why haven't they been spending <clears throat> the last year's 
finding the origins of the virus that killed a million Americans. Why the lack of journalistic curiosity, or for that matter, curiosity from our Justice Department? It's like they're almost bought and paid for by China. Expectedly, we're told, made a bat coronavirus more contagious than the original naturally occurring one. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your... Not st- for Democrats! ...statement of May 11th, where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan. Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. A new letter raising questions about experiments in a Wuhan lab. What was, let me finish. You take an animal virus and you increase its transmissibility to humans. You're saying that's not gain of function? Yeah, that is correct. And, And Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, you're not stupid. I'm not stupid. The Republicans, led by uh, uh, ranking member Mike Turner of Ohio, indicated they would release more information backing their claim when Republicans control the House of Representatives next year. And they should. Then there's this. Listen to this. Listen to this. America's child mental health crisis uncovered. 90% of school administrators describe serious problems in schools as more kids fight anxiety, depression, and suicide. (laughs) What the hell? Our kids are being told that changing their gender is the answer. That's insanity. It's insanity. It, It is insanity. People will have to be brought up on charges for doing this to children. They will. They will. You've got boys being told their masculinity is toxic. You're telling girls that they need to bind their breasts because their best option is to become a boy, which they'll never do. You've got mask wearing and terror and kids sitting, not in, not able to face each other at lunch <clears throat> because of a virus that would never hurt them. Do you think maybe this had an impact, this dystopian hell that Democrats made the country in for two years might have had an impact on our kids? Staggering 9 in 10 administrators say their students battling moderate or severe mental health challenges. According to a report that lifts the lid on America's youth crisis of anxiety, depression, and suicide. Survey released on Wednesday, Effective School Solutions, which provides mental health support to schools, found 57% of principals and other senior educators said the problem was getting worse. Administrators and parents see significant long-term problem with the mental health of young people that must be solved, according to Duncan Young, CEO of ESS, in a statement. We need innovative, holistic solutions to address the growing crisis and give our schools and students the clinical mental health resources they deserve. How about just having a solid home life? How about mom and dad just saying, you know what, don't worry about it, you're going to be okay. How about you don't need to freak out about the masks? How about all of this? How about that? Survey of 200 administrators comes amid a worrying increase in child suicides. During the coronavirus pandemic, calls for primary care doctors to start screening all kids 8 to 18 for anxiety. Oh, by the way, this has already been hinted. The federal government wants to uh, to uh, screen our kids so they can put them on more meds. I'm not kidding. I wish I were. The study published last month by JAMA Pediatrics uncovered rising suicide rates among children and adolescents between 5 and 19. That same age group is dying of fentanyl overdoses accidentally in mass. 
A report from the CDC and Prevention this year found 44% of high school students said they experienced persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness during the pandemic. Girls and the LGBTQ youth reported the highest levels of poor mental health and suicide attempts. Well, that's okay. Just change your gender. Just mutilate your body. Just make a decision as an adolescent girl to have your healthy breast tissue removed so you wake up when you're 26 and want to have children and realize you may not be able to have children and you certainly won't be able to breastfeed them. There's a reason why I say eventually there will have to be Nuremberg-style trials for all of this nonsense. Let's take a break and come back. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. To all the American haters and anthem kneelers. I think it's misguided to protest the anthem and the flag. Yeah, we're done with you. It's The Rob Carson Show. So we got some uh, news coming out of Arizona. Carrie Lake is not uh, giving up the fight, and I, for one, am glad because... Uh, there was a lot of fraud involved, and personally, my First Amendment right says, I think it was stolen. Every election in Arizona. Couldn't say that a month there's ago. There's always problems to be found. Machines seem to go down. The worst offender oh. is Maricopa. It's a joke. They did it again. Because the fix was in, they stole the race from Blake. They ripped off Cary Lake. One particular place really takes the case. Maricopa, that crooked county. The fraudsters were paid a big bounty. Maricopa, that screwed up county. Election stealing, Katie's dirty dealing. Maricopa, yeah. Carrie won't quit. No, she won't, and that's one of the reasons why so many voted for her. Now, um, she is asking a Maricopa Security Court judge to declare her the winner of the election. Judge heard from Lake's attorneys and lawyers representing uh, Katie Hobbs. She didn't show up, by the way, on Tuesday. And uh, here is what uh, Carrie Lake is saying about their efforts right now. And they're starting to maybe sound a little promising. Hobbs' attorney uh, said that she was there representing uh, Governor-elect Hobbs. And I, I had to hold back my out loud laughter when she said that and you know this is what it's about we are going to show the scale of fraud and um, malicious intent in this case it's outrageous what they did what they did to the good people of arizona how they perverted election day voting in the most hostile way possible it's disgusting what they did and name another county in America where 60 percent of the voting machines in largely Republican districts did not work on Election Day. We are looking forward to this case moving forward. It looks like they're going to try to push forward a, a motion to dismiss. That'll begin on Thursday. We will have uh, I believe. Let me look at the actual schedule real quick. Our response will come Saturday. Name another election in the country where the secretary of state in charge of the elections did not recuse herself, even though. She was a candidate and presided over the election, which the problems were supposed to be fixed for, but ultimately was even worse than the last time. Replies are due Sunday, oral arguments on that Monday, 
and then we move forward to the trial next Tuesday. And- yeah, and uh, by the way, when you think about this, how profound this is, Title 42 is about to end, and Arizona is going to bear the brunt of a, an ungodly amount of people streaming across the border. And 5,000 people come across uh, last weekend, and it's going to get all sorts of real to uh, communities down there, even worse than it has ever been. It is unacceptable. Here is Carrie Lake with no doubt she won, and I, I believe her. Is there any doubt that you won this election? That's Steve Bannon. Not one inkling of doubt. Not one inkling. And you know what? I don't think there's any doubt in Katie Hobbs that she (laughs) lost this election. I don't think she's got a shred of doubt. She knows the truth. And they're just trying to brush this all under the rug and take Arizona government. Want to run out the clock. Back away from we the people who stood up and voted for it. And think how powerful our movement, Steve that they had to pull out all the tools in their cheating tool belt. They had to do the typical stuff they always do with grabbing the votes. And then they had to go so far and so blatant and be so obvious as to say... They did it in other states too, by the way. Mm -hmm. Sabotage election day in such an obvious way that every man and woman could see it with their eyes. Yeah, That's how obvious they had to make it to stop our massive movement. And we're gonna show this in court. We're gonna prove this in court. Because we will not sit by. My obligation is to the good people of Arizona. And my obligation is to this country to not let another election be stolen. Yeah. And and make people... And you know, by the way, there's just so much evidence. People know we're not stupid. And we're getting to a point where we realize when you when you take away someone's ability for recourse, when you take away their voice... That's when things really change dramatically. It's bad enough that we have a bourgeois and a proletariat. We've got a political class and a working class. And now we have uh, people in prison in Washington, D.C. That's the best deal. But then you take away the voice of the people. And that is the last straw. Here's the evidence. They are supposed to be tested, but they, they weren't tested. They weren't tested in the appropriate way. And they didn't have the basics like toner in these machines. Yeah. I mean, this is real basic stuff. It's yeah. not like we don't know when Election Day is. We can figure out when Election Day is from here to eternity. And they were not prepared. And we're, we will have uh, an expert testifying that this could not have happened by accident. There had to be malicious intent. We have an excellent court case, and we had our first hearing yesterday and set up a time for our trial to begin. And it will be next Tuesday, and we will be presenting a lot of evidence. We have four whistleblowers. Whistleblowers, yay! One that worked for a company called Runbeck who said there were 300,000 ballots inserted into the, uh, into the system. By the way, the owner of that company is a big Democrat donor, and so is his wife. That had no chain of custody. Others who were in the voter um, uh, signature verification department said tens of thousands of ballots were rejected because there were no signatures or Mm -hmm. scribbles, Mm -hmm. and they somehow got thrown in and counted anyways. There are a plethora of problems that went down. Don't forget the hours-long waits in line uh, and the uh, judge refusing to allow the election to be extended and people just throwing up their hands and giving up in disgust. In Maricopa County. And if somebody doesn't stand up and say, we can't have our elections being run this way, then we'll never have another fair election. I mean, 60% of the polling places on election day were inoperational and non-functioning. When do we stop and say enough is enough? Would it have to get to 80%? 90%, 90%, 100%? Yeah. When yeah. do we say we need to have our elections run <laughs> fair? Just, I'm just telling you guys. 
And I'll just, I'm, I'm asking you, even if you disagree with me, even if you're a Democrat or whatever, do you think that's okay? That one county in the United States, all of the things that I just mentioned as evidence, what does that add up to? Oops. Oh, I don't know. This happens all the time. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It was not by accident. It was by design. Duh. Wuhan Institute of Virology. Duh. Get it? All right. So coming up, we've got a special guest going to be joining us to talk about guns. Cam Edwards is the editor of Bearing Arms and Second Amendment Advocate. He'll be talking to us about that in just a second. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere. has been trying to get you to hate America for 50 years. And we're fighting it and we're fighting it hard. Guess what? It ain't working. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. We're special guest to talk about, uh, about, uh, about guns and about your Second Amendment rights. I like to say that the reason why we became the greatest instrument uh, of uh, individual and economic freedom in the history of the world was A, First Amendment, to uh, B, backed up by the Second Amendment. Cam Edwards is the editor of Bearing Arms and a Second Amendment advocate. First of all, sir, uh, Merry Christmas. How you doing? I am good, Rob. I appreciate uh, the invite. Uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, this is a busy time of year. I don't know if you've seen the beard, but uh, I often get mistaken for a young Santa Claus. So, uh, yes. Now, now, are you like? Remember, here comes Santa Claus. It's kind of a Gen X thing. When uh, when uh, Chris Kringle was becoming Santa Claus, he was kind of red haired and kind of getting a little peppery. Do you got that kind of red haired salt and pepper thing going? Or are you full blown Santa yet? Mostly uh, red, a little bit of salt and pepper, but the uh, the Santa belly, unfortunately, is coming in quite yeah. nicely. Yeah, you yeah. know what? It, it's weird. I, I gave up drinking over a year ago, and uh, I have just gone nuts on sweets. And I swear to God, if I was Santa Claus, I would eat every damn cookie on that plate in every house right now. I don't know what it is, Cam. What is up with now that? Now you know why his belly shook like a bowl full of jelly, Exactly. Right? It's all, all right. those Christmas cookies. Oh, I want to talk to you a little bit. I uh, they, uh, I saw in the headlines Joe Biden is going to once again use an anniversary. This time I believe it's the 10th uh, anniversary of Sandy Hook coming up to push uh, an assault weapons ban, which, of course, he was a part of when they did it in 1994. Did nothing at all. It's meaningless. It's useless. And for those who say, these are weapons of war, you don't need them. Well, the Second Amendment was for weapons of war. It wasn't for turkey shooting. What are your thoughts on this? This this unrelenting push to get rid of, uh, you know, M4s or whatever, what the, the, you know, uh, ARs or whatever the legal, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, consumer version. What what what's it all about? You know, I, I honestly, I think it's it comes down to hostility towards the fact that we have the right to keep and bear arms. Uh, I mean, I think that that's what's driving Joe Biden. Uh, I believe he's sincere when uh, he says that he doesn't believe Americans should own these firearms, even though we're talking about the most commonly sold rifles in the country. Um, you know, Joe Biden's argument is that we're going to be safer uh, if we ban modern sporting rifles. But if you look at the FBI statistics, there are more homicides committed every year in which fists and feet are the murder <laughs> weapons than rifles of any kind, right? Yes. Not just AR-15s, but, but, but any rifles. So the idea that this is about public safety, I think, is absolutely ludicrous. Um, I think this really is about trying to criminalize one of our fundamental civil rights. And I think that's something that Joe Biden holds near and dear to his heart. 
yeah. unfortunately. Well, look what they did with free speech, Cam, with regard to uh, everything. With regard to everything, uh, we now know that the federal government agencies were involved with Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and, and Instagram and all these, all of the things that we, we haven't been able to talk about, like vaccine deaths or the origin of COVID or, or election results or whatever. So they, they basically... <clears throat> whizzed on the First Amendment in the most profound way ever, ever. And now there's this. And this is the next, I mean, they've been going at it forever. I just kind of wonder if it's going to continue to accelerate or maybe this exposure of all of the malfeasance with regard to the First Amendment will prevent that from happening. What does your gut tell you right now, man? Uh, My gut tells me they're not backing down. Uh, You know, uh, here's the thing. Um, I don't think the Senate is going to hold a vote in the lame duck session. So what has all of this stumping by Biden actually done? It hasn't moved the needle in terms Mm -hmm. of getting Chuck Schumer to hold a vote because Schumer knows the votes aren't there. Right. So Schumer would rather uh, uh, cast votes and hold votes on things that he thinks can pass. Uh, while Democrats uh, still have complete control of Congress. Um, But when the 118th session gets started and Republicans are in control of the House, then a legislative gun ban is dead for the next two years. And I'll tell you, Rob, what really worries me is the idea of Joe Biden trying to impose some sort of gun ban through executive action. Um, you know, yeah. we've already seen uh, the ATF go after so-called ghost guns. Um, they are formalizing a rule dealing with pistol stabilizing braces. But the gun control lobby has been quietly whispering to Joe Biden that you don't need to hold a vote in Congress. You can have the ATF redefine some or all semi-automatic firearms as readily converted to machine guns. And, and that way they have to be treated as machine guns under federal law. Wow. That would mean, Rob, not only... Would, you know, a future manufacturer of these semi-automatic firearms be banned, but it's illegal under federal law right now for any American to possess a machine gun made after 1987. Yeah. So what would that do to the literally hundreds of millions of semi-automatic firearms that are currently lawfully owned by Americans? That's a Hail Mary uh, for the gun control groups. It's the nuclear option. But listen, they're losing in court. They're not going to have the ability to get anything through Congress. And so my real concern is that the nuclear option is going to look a lot more, um, uh, you know, acceptable mm-hmm. uh, to the Biden administration. They might be willing to go just that big. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of, uh, you know, illegal firearms, and I believe that you said you said the last uh, available machine gun you could buy was eighty-seven. One year later, Hans Gruber had them in the Nakatomi <laughs> Tower. I wonder how he did that. You know, did That's we ever right. did we ever question gun control when Hans Gruber took over Nakatomi Tower and they had machine guns? I don't think. So. Remember when the Hans Gruber said, "I have a machine gun." Ho ho. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> and, the, uh, and the ceramic Glock, <laughs> undetectable by metal detectors. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I uh, I did get a chance to uh, watch it. Uh, have, have you watched Die Hard uh, this season yet? I, I would assume, Cam, that you might watch Die Hard as a Christmas movie, and maybe you'd be the kind of person who'd say, that is definitely a Christmas movie. Oh, it definitely is a Christmas movie. i got to be honest with you. I have yet to really fully get into the Christmas spirit this no. year. So yeah. we're going to have our tree up. I haven't watched a single Christmas movie. Uh, but it will be watched on Christmas Day, if nothing else. Absolutely. Um, this is kind of an off-topic thing. But uh, when it comes to the possibility of, say, for instance, you, you've been talking with, uh, I'll just, I'm just going to do a very uh, uh, sexist, cisgendered version of this because I'm a man, I'm cisgendered, and I'm married to a woman. Um, if my wife decided that she wanted to 
concealed carry for her own mm-hmm. safety. Uh, I live in a place you can literally open carry. That's why we don't have smash and grab robberies. That's why you can go to a liquor store at 1 a.m. without any fear whatsoever of it being held up. But what would you recommend for somebody who uh, maybe a couple, maybe a family, that they're talking about getting a, a weapon for self-defense in their home or for personal safety, like with concealed carry? You know, I always recommend. I don't, look, they're, they're, I, I can't recommend a specific gun or I even understand. a specific caliber, I right? Understand. Because everybody's different. So, what I recommend people do: take an afternoon, go to a range. Uh, lots of local ranges will rent firearms to people. You know, see if you can try out a couple of different models and see what feels comfortable in your hand, what you feel comfortable shooting. If something has too much recoil for your liking. I think hands-on experience is the best way to figure out what yeah. gun is going to be right for you. Yeah. Um, plus, again, you, you get a fun day at the range. You get some valuable training. So that would be my advice. Just carve yeah. out an afternoon and, and you know, do a little bit of, uh, I don't want to say window shopping, but, you know, do a little of, of hands-on comparison. I want to tell you something else. And, and I'm, I think this is actually a good idea for, uh, for instance, if you are uh, someone who's been around handguns. Uh, a lot of the times, kids, when they watch video games or they watch movies, uh, a lot of shooting, a lot of shooting, they have no idea how violent those weapons are. And mm-hmm. I got it. I think it's a great thing to take a kid, you know, if you can do an indoor shooting range or an outdoor shooting range, get the, get the phones on, do it, uh, you know, so you're, you're safe, but let them realize how un, unbelievably power, sh- powerful shooting a gun is. It, is. it is not like they do on video games. And right. maybe this would give people a little sensitivity as to the appropriateness of when to use a weapon and a Above all, not to mess around with it if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, listen, I think you're absolutely right. You know, to, to dispel the ignorance and to provide people, regardless of their age, with a little bit of knowledge, I think is a wonderful thing. And I'll be honest, I mean, I taught all of my kids um, at a pretty young age. You know, we went out, and at first it was like a single-shot cricket twenty-two rifle, right? Yeah. I just wanted them to know the basics. Um, and not all of my kids enjoy shooting, and that's fine. You know, my daughter a uh, little freaked out. But at least she knows how to be responsible around a firearm. And to me, that's the most important thing. So you're right. When you talk about dispelling the myths and actually providing some knowledge and information, yeah, that's absolutely crucial. And it would do wonders, uh, frankly, if even non-gun owners did this with their kids. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm absolutely serious. I've, uh, I, I, I grew up shooting, and uh, my brother was a police officer, and he'd bring uh, guns out, and, and we lived in the country. And we lived, there was this uh, what's called a railroad right away, which is a, a earth earthen bridge. And mm-hmm. we put the targets up against the earthen bridge, and that way there was no uh, you know, ricocheting anything. You'd shoot it. The, 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 the bullet would go into the, into the earth there. And uh, we shot a lot. And we had some very, you know, my brother, if you stepped an inch in front of his foot when he had a gun, you got smacked upside the head. Yep. And you don't point a gun at anybody unless you're planning on using it. So I, I think it's a I think it's a valuable thing, particularly if you're maybe thinking about, you know, the direction of the country. And, uh, you know, you never know if you're going to need a little extra protection. And I just feel bad for people in Chicago, places like that where the police have been disarmed. You've got people in charge who who have emboldened criminals and they have no recourse at all to defend themselves. And I just think that is an absolute tragedy. What do you think? No, it is. I mean, listen, I always say self-defense is a human right, you know, and and the right to keep and bear arms is the right of we the people. It's not a right of white, middle-aged, rural guys like me. It's not a, you know, a right of people who think like me or look like me. It's a right of all of us. And sadly, you know, the folks who who need to exercise that right the most are those good folks living in bad neighborhoods in cities like Baltimore and Chicago. And they're the ones who I think are are most harmed. 
by these gun control laws. In fact, I've got a story going up at uh, Barry and Arms right now about Chicago's latest gun control law, so bad that even the ACLU of Illinois opposes it. What exactly uh, are you trying to do in Chicago? What, what, give me a couple of details real quick on that. All right, so this is crazy. So it's already illegal to carry a gun in Chicago and Illinois if you don't have a concealed carry license, right? Yep, yep. Uh, but the what's weird is the, the law and order types on the Chicago Chicago City Council say, well, Kim Fox, the uh, state's attorney, she's not prosecuting these cases enough. So now we're going to tack on a fine uh, if you're caught carrying without a gun. And the ACLU public defenders in Cook County say, listen, you got a lot of people who are carrying. They're poor. It's really hard to get a concealed carry license. There are no gun stores in Chicago. There are no ranges in Chicago. Yeah. They're relying on public transportation. They can't get a concealed carry license. Yeah. They might be carrying illegally, but they're not violent criminals. They have no criminal intent whatsoever. They just mm-hmm. want to get home safe at the end of the night. And now all you're going to do is you're going to subject the poorest Chicagoans to you know these thousands of dollars worth of fines, possibly jail time, yeah. um, for trying to exercise something that is a constitutional right. It's a poll tax. It's a poll tax. Yep. It's the same damn thing. It's a poll yep. tax. And guess what? The same people are targeted, largely you know minorities who who don't have the money. And it's a poll tax. It's to prevent you. A poll tax was to prevent minorities from being able to vote, which is a constitutional right. And they're doing the same damn thing with another constitutional right, which is the right to keep and bear arms. Listen, Cam Edwards. I greatly appreciate you uh, being on the show today. I know that you've had some serious bumps um, this year, and I just want to wish you and your family all of the the very best. A very, very blessed Christmas to you and your family, and a very happy New Year, bro. Rob, thanks so much, man. I always enjoy getting a chance to come on the show. I hope we get a chance to do it again early in 2023. And uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and yours as well. All right. Make sure to check out uh, BearingArms.com, BearingArms.com, Cam Edwards. Let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Opinions are easy. Entertaining? Not so much. It's the Rob Carson Show. Coming up later. (laughs) Cities uh, and states around the country for Christmas this year want reparations. Reparations for uh, something that happened 170 years ago. uh, people who are never enslaved demanding from people who never owned slaves uh, reparations for uh, you know, failed Democrat policies and personal life decisions. I know it's very racist of me to say, but no. You know what? Nonsense. It's all just nonsense. Um, so we'll get to that. And they want to go. They want to shoot the moon in California. They want six hundred thousand dollars, eight hundred thousand dollars per person. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I'll be interested to see, because, you know, you've got to do, I would assume the only way to do this is uh, blood tests, DNA tests, you know, exactly where you came from. What It's just stupid. It really is, honestly. It's just dangerously stupid. And I just hope that California collapses on itself. I really, really do. I think it's time for a wholesale just watch collapse, watch California implode. Because that's what they're doing. People are moving out. I don't. I don't know who the hell in their right mind would live in California at this point. Honestly, I would never live in California. You could. You couldn't even buy me a house in California. I wouldn't live there. I, I'm. I'm 100 serious. Which could be good news for uh, you know people in California. Hey, Rob Carson's not going to move here. Whatever. Anyway, wouldn't want to live in California. Sorry. No way. No sir. Uh, a couple of things. 
<clears throat> kind of an interesting story. Now, I love it when the left eats it eats its own. And, you know, we've got a lot of absurdity going on in our country and around the world with regard to transgenderism and sexuality and the 150 genders and all this. And all of this will, one day we'll wake up and uh, those who are doing this, maybe as adults, will, some of them will continue down this track because they never learn anything. A lot of liberals are that way. They never learn a thing in their entire lives and they, you know, enter old age as stupid as they were in college. That I know them. I know some of them, by the way. But eventually somebody's going to go, wow, remember back in the <laughs> 2020s, you know, when people said that you could have 150 genders and you could, the girls would become boys and boys become girls and they get mutilated. And now that they're like in their 50s and, and they realize their lives have been ruined and they got massive lawsuits. You know, those commercials on TV they will watch every night. Have you been injured in a sex change operation against your will as a, as a juvenile? Call the law offices of uh, adedictomy, added which is, uh, you know, a, a surgery procedure but anyway you know like that norwegian woman could spend three years in jail for saying that men are not lesbians <clears throat> i guess when you think about it i am so november 17th tanya jevjon whatever was told that she is being investigated by the police over a hate speech because uh, facebook posts which criticized men who said they were lesbians how are you a man who's a lesbian I'm going to get a brain crap. Uh, Give John or whatever is a lesbian artist who has faced intense pushback for standing up to women, uh, for women. In her post, she also criticized transgender activists who try to prosecute women uh, who are against gender ideology. And it's true. There is a war on women. And it's not people who are pro-life. That's what the left is trying to tell you, that there's a war on women because we, pro-lifers, would like women to consider the possibility of having the child instead of aborting the baby. How's that against women? Half of the babies born are going to be women. See? See the distraction? Do you get it now? Yeah. She says, it is just impossible for men to become a lesbian as it is for men to become pregnant. Men are a men regardless of their sexual fetishes. This is a lesbian woman saying this, and she's right. Men with fetishes have been protected as a vulnerable minority through the foolish and constructed concept of gender, ide- uh, 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 of gender identity is cocoa. You know, like uh, Sam Brinton, who was made the nuclear waste disposal expert for the government. Yeah. And uh, looked like Megamind in his, in his, uh, in his uh, mugshot. Uh, this woman, this lesbian, says that she posted a Facebook message on purpose to bring attention to Norway's hate speech law. See, if they make it hate speech. They're doing this in New York. The $100 million for hate speech and hate crimes. It's really about speech. The law was changed in 2020 when the parliament in the country voted to make hate speech against people who identify as transgender illegal. Only one. You can say as much as you want about white dudes. This woman is not the only person to be confronted with charges over saying men cannot uh, be mothers or lesbians. Think about that. What an insult it is to women to call a man her. My mother was a her. She was proud of being a her. She was proud of being a woman. And a man dressing up as a woman pretending to be a woman is not a her. Sorry, it's not. It's an insult. I believe it is absolutely necessary to place biological sex as the basis in all contexts where sex has legal, cultural, and practical relevance, and that equating sex with gender identity has harmful, discriminatory consequences for women and girls, especially lesbians. I'll bet this woman is on the opposite side of the political spectrum of me, but we are copacetic on this, copacetic 
on this. She's uh, also described being pushed out of the art community over her views, even though she was a prominent member of the music and art establishment for 15 years. I have stated that women are female, that lesbians do not have penises, that children should not be responsible for decisions, that they do have the capacity to understand the scope of and the no platforming in harmful to democracy. For those opinions, I have been canceled several times. She's talking about uh, children changing their sex. She's right. She's 100% right. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's The Rob Carson Show. Hour number three of the show is right ahead. If you want to check out the podcast and you want to share it with others, that would be wonderful. We are on all the uh, digital platforms out there. We made some changes. We did take the show all three hours and edit the uh, commercials out, get it to about two hours in time altogether. And uh, we put it on the, uh, you know, on, the, on the podcast platform two hours, and we realized that you guys are busy, so we cut it in half. So it's two hours every day. And then a best of on the weekend. How cool is that? Thank you, Ken Decker, rock star producer, who's awesome. But he does it every day, and I think you'll enjoy it. It's on all of your digital platforms, Spotify. It was funny. I got my new, uh, I got the first new car that I've had in 20 years, my, my Bronco that I call Buck, that I got the uh, special um, emblem made of chrome that says FJB edition. It's pretty cool. I sent the other one to, I got two of them. I sent the other one to Doug Mastriano, ran for governor in Pennsylvania, because he's just a cool guy. Uh, but anyway, uh, it was weird to get in the car and uh, had uh, Spotify on my phone, right? And I just decided to check out the podcast. And there's my face right there on my on my new truck screen, on Buck's new screen right there. That's the name of my truck. His name is Buck. It's the first uh, vehicle I've owned that I've given a name to since I owned a Jeep in 1991 named Buck. Kind of cool. It's called anthropomorphizing. If I'm going to spend that kind of money on something, it's got to get a name. (laughs) So there's a lot of talk about um, reparations around the country. And this uh, rubs me the wrong way, has for a very long time, because I grew up, uh, you know, had some very difficult times. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, after everything I went through in my life, about 25 years ago or so, I think is when they started saying that I was privileged. I'm like, okay, I want you to walk in my shoes. Please walk in my shoes. Please walk in the shoes of a, I'll just put it in a nutshell. Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, like the Bill Clinton was the first black president, right? Because... He grew up in Arkansas or whatever. Who cares? I don't even know the hell that came up. But he's supposedly the first black president, right? But apparently it was based on, I don't know, somehow experiencing the black experience in the country because he played a saxophone. I have no idea where they came up with that because he's, he's the farthest thing from uh, black I've ever seen in my life. But, but me, uh, father left me at seven years old, never saw my dad again, got a stepdad. Uh, started working in fields at about you no know, ten years old, eleven years old. Worked in fields, uh, you know, had uh, abusive, all sorts of issues, bullied in schools, all that stuff, uh, all sorts of issues. Fat kid, picked on, and uh, and I mean, worked in college. I worked at a job. You had to get into these big old petroleum tanks in a in a mask, and and that that probably will come back to haunt me eventually. I had to do that. I mean, I went through, oh, we got government cheese when I was a kid. That was cool. We talked about government cheese. And it was, uh, it was, uh, there was a time when there was shame associated with going to the government when you needed something, when you were, you know, because it was like food stamps. I don't want food stamps. That's a shameful thing. But a lot of people grow up with welfare and 
you know, whatever. Uh, I, I think that the government should be there for a safety net because we pay so many damn taxes, then they ought to help us out a little bit. We need a little bit of help. That said, in California, there was a big meeting uh, on Wednesday of the first meeting of the California Slavery Reparations Task Force in Oakland. During the public hearing, California-based entrepreneur demanded that $350,000 be given to every black American in the state. Regardless of uh, how many mistakes you made in your life, how many times you've been arrested, how rich you are, everybody gets it because, you know, Whitey is not deserving of it. Nobody else who's poor in the state deserves anything. Only people of color in California where slavery was not legal. Yeah. Same man added that business owners should be given $250,000 in addition to 50 acres, 15 to 20 acres of land. Remember the uh, mule in 40 acres? Now, um, I'm not responsible for anything that happened 160 years ago. Um, I have not lived a life of privilege. You've never been pulled over by a cop while driving black. Well, no, uh, but look at the other stuff. And I don't think Oprah Winfrey, I mean, she had a rough life. I don't think Michelle Obama, Barack Obama went through one-tenth of what I went through. Oh, and by the way, my uh, relatives, my biological relatives, didn't arrive into the country until 70 years or 60 years after slavery. Yeah. Oh, another activist that's meeting said each person should be given the equivalent of the average price of a home in California, about $800,000. Now, what do you suppose is going to happen when you tell people uh, every single day of their lives that they are victims and they are deserving of something they didn't earn because of something that happened a very long time ago? What do you suppose you're going to get? What do you suppose when you combine that with white people are all white supremacists and privileged? What do you suppose you're going to get out of that? You're going to get this. You're going to get this. Now, this is, to me... Another attempt to distract. This, to me, is an attempt to cover up for the failings of the great society and what Democrats always do with regard to people of color and the programs that they bring to the table, like Aid for Dependent Children, which wrecked the nuclear black family. Okay, That's what this is all about. And it's also a bunch of greedy-ass people who failed in their lives, like these three who, uh, who, uh, who uh, testified last night, who failed in their lives. They, uh, you know, they see whoever on TV, maybe it's Kim Kardashian, maybe it's uh, Kanye West, whatever, and they're, you know, well, I want a piece of that, but I don't want to earn it. Now, this is, not a, this is about anybody who would demand something like this. This is, uh, this, is, this is a guy, he, I guess he has a podcast. He, he calls himself Lord Abba. He didn't realize that Abba is like a total chick band from the 70s. Anyway, here he is talking about reparations on his podcast. Well, wait, 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 sis. So this isn't just some arbitrary number that you guys just pulled out of a hat, just wrote down. It was like, what y'all think about 233K? Like, yeah, yeah, I think that. No, it was an arbitrary number pulled out of a hat. That's why so many people went on to say that wasn't enough. One guy said he won 350. The other one said he wanted 250,000 and 15 acres of land or 20 acres. And the other one wanted 800,000. They're, they're just pushing to see how far they can take it. That'll be, the, the economists actually sat down, crunched the numbers, and they, and they came up with that, that figure, correct? Correct. It, it was from a, that figure is from a scope of this work. Kamala Moore being interviewed by Lord Abba. That the five. You are the dancing queen. I'd love to sing that to him. Member economic consultant team came up with and they presented to us at our September hearing in L.A. And again, that 
200,000 something number is on the economic consultant team's theory, it represents the state of California's maximum culpability. Yes, the old maximum culpability. If you throw a word in there like maximum culpability, then it makes it official. For racist redlining practices um, and other forms of housing discrimination from a specific area of time, 1933 to 1977. Yeah, and uh, what does that have to do with most people of color in California? Yeah. And they're trying this. They're trying it in St. Louis. Here's what I'm I'm uh, recommending. What I think that is all of us, we can reunite on, uh, reunite on one thing. Maybe you're white. Maybe you're black. Maybe you're this. Maybe you're that. Uh, I'm a hodgepodge. I'm, I got a little Cherokee Indian. I've got some French and English, you know. Uh, I've got some, uh, what the hell else am I? German, a little German in there. And, you know, found that out through the DNA test. How about we sue? If you live in a, a large uh, uh, Democrat-controlled enclave that is a crap hole, like, uh, you know, uh, parts of St. Louis. How about a class action suit for reparations with regard to 50 years of Democrat rule? How about Baltimore? How about the people of Baltimore? How about rather than going after uh, something that happened 160 years ago that you weren't enslaved by and, uh, and people never owned slave to our life today, how about you sue Democrats who bleep things up rather than Democrats proposing stupid things like this to distract against their stupid policies. Yeah. Oh, this was uh, this is actually a, a meeting. I think this might have been in uh, in uh, St. Louis, uh, a, a committee uh, after hearing the demands that uh, reparations uh, advocates went for. <laughs> that amount of money doesn't even exist. <laughs> I want a kajillion, bajillion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. President. There you go. So there was that. Oh, and then and then Joe Biden was over in Rwanda. Now, Rwanda's been around for a really long time, and they can never seem to get their stuff together. I don't know what it is, but he's over there, and, and he decided to take reparations over to Rwanda. And he's spending a ton of money over there uh gonna offer them 55 billion dollars for the uh, unimaginable cruelty of uh, slavery here's a little bit of uh, joe biden's speech yesterday in uh rwanda talking about all the money that he's going to spend on a country that can't ever seem to get its crap together the start of my administration the mcc has announced new investments of nearly 1.2 billion dollars in Africa, working with Congress to invest $350 billion. To and what's going to be the return on our investment, exactly? All the billions and billions and millions of dollars in a largely corrupt uh, country that's always been corrupt and violent. Facilitate more than almost a half a billion dollars in financing to make sure people across Africa can participate in a digital economy. $8 billion in public and private finance to help South Africa replace coal-fired power plants. The U.S. International Development Finance Corporation is investing nearly... And what do you suppose all of this money is going to do for those sub-Saharan African countries? Well, it's going to pay off a whole lot of uh, corrupt people. That's what's going to uh, happen, by the way. Well, let's go to, uh, let's see, we got, uh, I'm trying to, is it Kelt in Towson, Maryland? Hello, and welcome to the show. What's going on? I have a question about yes. the, the racial thing uh, with the reparations. So what do you have to be, 100% black? I don't know. 50% black? Could you I don't trace know. them out? 
What if you're like that girl who worked for the NAACP who was white? Then, you know, I could claim, hey, I identify as being African-American. I mean, you got all this stuff now with the sex where it's like, you know, today I feel like a 72-year-old woman. You better call me Ida. So, you know, why couldn't you do the same thing? Yes. Yeah, that's that's the that's the nonsense associated with it. And and I got to tell you, again, this is about covering up for failed Democrat policies from a, uh, a party that was founded on racism, trying to cover its own arse after 50 years of failure. That's I, I what just, this is all about. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just sort of feel that after once Obama was in office. We've just gone so far backwards in the last 15 years. I really do. And it, it's uh, very depressing. I know, I know, Bill, but you got to hang in there and you got to realize that uh, people are beginning to realize that this is all nonsense and they're fighting back against it. And even if you're uh, apparently not seeing it at the ballot box in some places, it is happening to these companies who are embracing this ideology and it's happening to these states that are doing the same. Well, I appreciate Go ahead. I didn't mean to speak over No, go, go ahead, go ahead. Particularly, you know, when the BLM started, there was great hysteria. And, you know, people were just jumping on board and, you know, getting down on their hands and knees and bowing in the street and all these people getting down on one knee. And I remember Vaseline had that ad where it showed a silhouette of an expectant woman who was black. And she said, you're being born into a country with violence against your skin. And it was just... So nuts. Yeah, and, so nuts. and they did, and they did stupid crap like getting rid of the uh, the Land of Lakes uh, Indian, and they got rid of the word master bedroom, and they got rid of Uncle Ben and Aunt Jemima. That's how stupid they are. That's well, how serious well, that's they need to take they, these morons. What are they going to do with an advanced degree? Is it no longer a master's diploma? No, it's not. <laughs> that's a great point. Is Listen, it a I got primary a... diploma. I, you know, it's just you know, nuts, man. Anyway, it's the, thank it's you for the stupid. It's the stupid, and it is contagious. But don't worry, you are immune. From the stupid, if you listen to this show, let's take a break. Shameless plug. Thank you. It's the Rob Carson Show. Donald Trump says he's the funniest man on TV. Just wait till he hears him on the radio. It's the Rob Carson Show. My producer Brian reminded me that uh, yeah, uh, Joe Biden wasn't in uh, Rwanda. He was in the Capitol giving our money to uh, corrupt governments and uh, feeling guilty about something we had nothing to do with uh, today. So there you go. But, you know, that's what Democrats do. And it's all about <clears throat> covering up failed Democrat policies. That's what, uh, you know, think about what, what the first was Baltimore. Baltimore, where my uh, glorious uh, affiliate station and anchor station WCBM is, is a hellhole in many parts of it. And the school system has completely wrecked the lives of generations of children of color. You've got the Great Society, which ushered in a uh, new era of dependence that would not require a man to be in the home. You see, and I've been talking about this for 30 years, 60, 70, 80% of uh, particularly black households with no dad in the house. It's a damned shame because every one of those kids that's born without a dad or not a dad at home they spend their entire adolescence wondering why the hell does dad was dad not here where was my father why did my dad leave why did you leave me i went through that my dad left at seven it tortured me why did you leave me what did i do we don't even realize how devastating that is. It is. 
And then you combine that with uh, people who do everything they can to enable bad behavior. Then you've got Democrats who say, it's okay, you can go in and steal $1,000 worth of stuff from the local Target because you deserve it, because you're oppressed. And you can do smash and grab robberies, and you can loot, and you can burn because you've been impressed. It is so sickening. We will never, ever, ever get past the root problems of all of this, which is cultural, and it's related to what's going on in the country now. There are older people who went through Jim Crow. There are older people who went through some of the severe uh, racism of the past. But to come up with an arbitrary number, eh, $300,000 for every black person. Really? Give me a break. Let's go to uh, Bill in Detroit. Detroit. Hello, my friend. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind today? Hello, Hi, Bill. How are you there? Go ahead. Hi, Bi- yeah. yeah. I, just, uh, I wanted to talk to you about uh, the reparations. And, yes. Uh, not that I would want them or anything, but the idea of that uh, anybody, my relatives, their ancestors, I guess, fought in the Civil War, and I think some of them were killed huh? and on the Union side. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know why that would be any less than anybody else. Yeah, Bill, and, and also I want to mention something. You know, those Union soldiers had nothing to gain from it. They never owned slaves. Uh, they they were you don't even know poor until you know poor where the people came to uh, to take up arms to uh, save the country to free slaves that they were dirt poor farmers no shoes dirt floors and they went out and they died there was no benefit other than knowing that they were freeing people and preserving the union bill ridiculous yeah. and they they came from nothing yeah. and they died with nothing except for exactly. they knew that they died to free people that's all nonsense and falderall absolutely oh, ridiculous yeah. yeah let's go to uh, gina in fredericksburg virginia hello there gina welcome to the show hey that's who i'm related to john brown you are i am wow according to the dna anyway who knows Really? You know, we're talking about uh, John Brown, who uh, uh, went in and took over the armory in uh, Harper's Ferry and uh, attempted to free the slaves and ended up dying for the cause. He he did, and um, it's on the side of the family where the bear who played Jethro Bodine, he's also related to John Brown. So, you know, you could blame one or the other. It's kind of weird. Don't don't you suppose that, Gina, you are uh, eligible for reparations since you are related to John Brown who died for uh, to try to get rid of slavery? Well, yes, all right, your phone is cracking up. I apologize for that, Gina. Thanks for the call. Oh, by the way, just off off topic, if you ever get a chance to go to uh, Harper's Ferry, Virginia, dear God in heaven, it's so beautiful. It is. I'm going to go back there. I'm going to tube that river. It is absolutely stunning, and see the armory, the the shell of the armory that is still there. It's absolutely, uh, absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. All right, so uh, coming up, we've got a special guest, Chris Markowski, the watchdog on Wall Street. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on in the uh, in the markets and inflation and all of that stuff, and you know. Oh, 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 yeah. The, this uh, woke Pennsylvania school board rejected a qualified candidate on the school board because he was white. Well, the, the woman who actually did that, she'd just been removed from the board. Her name was Jennifer Solot. 
She publicly stated that uh, race and sexual uh, sexual orientation and gender were determining factors in removing uh, a white male from the board. I've got the audio. I'll try to get to it here shortly. Uh, after public outcry and realizing that it was ungodly racist, they've uh, replaced her instead of him. All right, stick around. Uh, the final half hour of the Rob Carson Show is right ahead. Don't go anywhere. Titanic set sail on January 20th, 2021. Now she's taking on water in a big way. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show, and uh, a lot of stuff happening in the world. A $32 billion company evaporated into the ether. We know it as FTX. To joining us to talk about it, among other things, Chris Markowski, financial strategist and the host of the Watchdog on Wall Street, joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. How you doing today, my friend? Doing well. How about you? Doing good. All right. Before we dive into what happened with FTX and what is happening with FTX, I I always felt weird about cryptocurrency. Um, has it ever been a good idea? Has it ever been a moneymaker for people? I guess for those who maybe originally bought Bitcoin and it went up to $30,000 and they were giving them a... What, what? I'm disappointed. I was going to come on a program and start pitching my watchdog coin today. Come on. Well, I want to know if it's a good investment. <laughs> you're spot on. It's monopoly money. Of course, you're supposed to be skeptical of it. It's based on nothing. Yeah. Zip, zero, zilch, nada. You were right. You, you should be. And when everybody starts using these big words and blockchain and all this garbage to explain it, it one big fat, like they say in Brooklyn, Fugazi. Chris, it's a pyramid scheme. Oh, yeah. It's a freaking pyramid scheme. You you buy in, you get in early, they're very excited about it, you add your money, somebody gets paid back, maybe a year down the road, you sell your crypto, you made a killing, you tell other people about it, they buy into crypto, and when the company collapses, those who have all the money in it and have gotten anything out of it, they end up taking the hit. And that's happened, including this, this guy on Shark Tank lost $15 million with FTX. I'm like, how stupid are you? If you, I mean, he actually—that's not true. And this part of the, 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 there's so many conventional wisdom is is, is truly poisonous. Okay, tell me, please. Media props people up. Okay, he actually me. he got paid 18 million. He said he lost 15. Okay, he got 10 million in in crypto tokens, whatever the hell they are. Something that's now <laughs> worthless. He got a million. No, no, no. You can go to Chuck E. Cheese and you can cash those down on some of those great prizes behind the counter. He, he got a million dollars in stock, which is now worthless. But he still got seven million in cash, uh, so he didn't lose anything. All right. He, he backed the thing, and he still got seven million dollars in cash. And even if he did, if it was all in crypto, what did he lose? Nothing. What about this? Lose money? How was this guy able to do this? I mean, I know there was a lot of virtue signaling, and everybody wanted to be in on this. Oh, everything's green. Everything's this. They want to feel good about everything. But it was a shakedown. It was a put on. It was a lie. Well, again, um, you know, you mentioned you you described it perfectly. You're talking about a Ponzi scheme, and the last people that you know are in are the ones that lose. And these things happen all the time. Yeah. We had them last year with SPACs. You can talk about the same thing: Wolf on Wall Street, pumping up stocks to ridiculous levels, and then the insiders get out, and you get le you know get left uh, holding the bag. You know, I, I say something every single week on my show. I say everything in life that has meaning, value, and worth involves work, time, and effort. Yes. And everybody everybody out there wants a shortcut. And they want to find this magic money box. And in this case, it was a magic digital money box. And there's a trap door. 
and that money's going to go away. Stop looking for shortcuts, people. Yeah. Stop. I mean, now they're going after you know, some celebrities there for backing what are these? Uh, what are those NFT? Uh, those non fungible tokens? Tokens. Yes. 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 Things. And I'm like. I'm sorry, if you were dumb enough to listen to Kim Kardashian, where to put your money, where to invest it, or Madonna, you know what? Buyer freaking beware. I don't want a single. They're talking about this now in Washington, D.C. Yeah. They want, oh, we got to have regulations. we got to regulate Oh, this. yeah, that'll work. <laughs> I don't want to regulate it at all, okay? Yeah. I want to put a biohazard sign on it and say, hey, buyer beware. You want to get involved with this? You're on your own. Yeah. You're on your own. The SEC can't even manage its job now with the amount of rip-offs and scams they have. You're going to throw this in front of them as well? Come on. Give me a break. And the reason is, the reason is, Rob, is that these politicians are making a fortune off this. Yes. This I don't believe in any coincidences when it comes to politics. The fact that they arrested this guy the day before he was supposed to testify in front of Congress yes. means what? Boom. They didn't want to hear a peep out of him yep. because both elephants and donkeys have been drinking there at that well, collecting tens of millions of dollars from guys like this. Um, it's it's interesting. I was looking up literally yesterday. I was looking Vegas odds on whether he'd survive the Bahamian prison, and I wasn't able to get any numbers on that. But I can't imagine things are very good. And I, I wish I were joking, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. I wish I was joking. Let me ask you about this. There's been a lot of uh, talk about these uh, companies uh, with ESG scores and. And a lot of people are becoming savvy to what a joke they are. They they underperform because it, it's not a it's not a reasonable model. It doesn't make any sense. There's no infrastructure there for it. There's demand, no demand for it. Uh, what do you what do you think about um, where we're going with companies that do their level best and countries that do their level best to get a high ESG score, which gives them the ability to uh, virtue signal as a green company? Well, again, some of this stuff, uh, some of the stuff they, they have to do because the SEC is, is checking up on certain things. They want to make sure that you're doing things a lot of times just to avoid uh, conflict uh, to some degree. As far as ESG investing is concerned, uh, this happened um, in the lead up to Thanksgiving. You, know, you always yeah. get like uh, ridiculous rules and regulations and nonsense out of the government and weeks when people aren't paying attention. And the Biden administration went back and changed the investing rules, uh, the ERISA rules that are from 1974 that says, and I have to follow these rules, that my job as a fiduciary is to the, do the best possible work for my clients, make them money, manage risk. He changed that to say, hey, guess what? Um, you can waive all that if you're investing in ESG, oh, meaning guess what? If you show substandard returns, <laughs> yes. uh, and, and you, if it's an ESG, it's okay yeah. because it's ESG. What a bunch of horse manure for crying out loud. Well, this is exactly what happened with FTX. My clients, I don't want to be ESG but that's But that, that's why so many people fell for the FTX thing. They felt morally superior by investing their money in that company. They felt like they were being down with a Gen Z or a millennial. They wanted to be cooler than they really are, and they wanted to be a part of the in crowd. That's what it was all about. Yeah, there, there was a phrase that uh, Quint used in Jaws he, when he was singing the song Farewell and Adieu. <laughs> yeah. Yep, farewell and adieu to these Spanish ladies. I, I was going to say, you're, yeah. I mean, you're a fool. Don't yeah. be a fool. Don't do stupid stuff. Yeah, you uh, you have on your uh, Facebook page, I saw this video, YouTube, it's um, the EV and energy scam. We know that there is a factory, I believe, I'm trying to remember where it is, it's going to be closing down in America because EG, EV parts and building EVs is too expensive, so they're moving it to uh, to Mexico. I predict, and, and I have a 
proof. Right near me, there's a dealership. It has four brand new Hummer electric vehicles. They're $130,000 a piece, and they've been sitting on that lot for four months. They have cut the price. They are they are now used cars. I believe that just a few of you down the road, all of these cars will be junk. That's my opinion. I think that EVs are for posers. Right now, when you plug in your EV, you're plugging it into a coal power, coal power plant or a nuclear plant if you're lucky, but you're not plugging it into green energy. What do you think about EVs, the future of EVs? Well, listen, you want to head in that direction. You want to head towards EVs. First, you got to come up with some sort of plan and that we just don't have enough rare no. earth uh, minerals and mining to go ahead and push everything that they're proposing. All right, everybody's got every car's got to be electric vehicle in California. And the European Union says <laughs> we, we don't have the materials to do that. It, you you got to, you know, you, we constantly put the cart before the horse when yeah. it comes to this. Um, the, you take a look at the price of these things right now, and, and they're astronomical. Yeah. Now, I, I can understand maybe the rollout in areas where, like the, the Northeast Corridor, where you might not be driving as far, you might want to put more charging stations in. But do you understand that to make this nationwide, the amount of money that needs to be spent? And what they're going to do is, is these, these various different utility companies, they're going to want to get in on this racket, and they're going to force everybody that buys from that utility, they're going to say it's infrastructure, to pay for these charges on their electric bill, whether or not they have a charger or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a big big racket uh, it, you know until they get the, the the price of these things down it's kind of like any other technology i mean when a flat screen tv first came out the thing was what ten fifteen thousand yeah, dollars yeah eventually you get economies of scale and it comes down we're not there yet yeah so well, don't my, sit down everybody's throat now they are talking about uh, there have been a couple stories about possibility of harnessing nuclear fusion i like uh, you know doc ock did in uh, in uh, in spider-man i think that's years off if it does happen it'll be you know i'll buy an ev but right now evs are are worthless they're worthless in cold climates and the uh, batteries are too expensive and blah 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 let's talk about disney disney decided to go down the road of uh this uh, woke nonsense in florida they talked out ag about against the uh, the uh, the don't say gay bill which would uh, sexualize children in schools uh, uh they wanted to get that out of the classroom and now there is at least one shareholder saying that disney really screwed up and put their money at risk by going down that road and clearly they had to fire a ceo their stock went down and a really really alienated themselves from their base which is parents of young children what do you think i i mean I, it's been a slow it hasn't i mean the, the last chapik what didn't do a good job but i mean some of the things that started cropping up on on you know some of the, the disney for teen stuff was uh, getting a bit out of control and again I, i'm one you know i've got I've got three kids. Uh, yeah. My youngest is now a, a junior in high school. And, Mine uh, too. They watched Little Einsteins and all that stuff. And that stuff was wholesome, good stuff. And I want, you want kids to be kids. When, when you start forcing various different philosophies and agendas uh, on little kids, I, I find it highly uh, problematic. And yeah. again, you, know, you headed in that direction. You didn't have to. Yeah. And I mean, you, you, you're, they're paying the price. Yeah. They are. I mean, you can even see it in some of the... Uh, some of the, the, their movie releases that, that are coming out, they don't even have the moxie anymore. That last animated film that came out was an absolute flop. Yeah. They just moved, actually, a uh, release of, I forget the name of the movie they're releasing, to go head-to-head -head with a Pixar film, yeah, yeah. which is over the summer. That would never happen. Nobody would ever go head-to-head -head with Pixar. Now, it's no problem because, you know, you've lost parents with this stuff. Yeah, you, gotta, you know, yeah. little kids, you, you don't want to deal with this stuff. You gotta, I got I to gotta watch it first. You know, before yeah. my kid watches it, it's a cartoon. 
Yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you, uh, finally, um, Donald Trump said he had a major announcement yesterday. I'm getting all excited. I'm thinking, oh, my God, he got a running mate in the whole deal. Turns out, (laughs) and you know what? I I love Donald Trump. I do. I think he's uh, great. He's right now the only candidate. I support Donald Trump. I thought he'd get a great job as president. Turns out he's just, he's he's selling a digital, uh, a digital uh, trading card. It's $99, and it's got him dressed up as a superhero on it. Uh, Did you... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what do you think about that? What do you think about the the big announcement being a uh, you know an, an opportunity for him to make some money? I'm 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 cool with it. It's not the announcement I wanted, but what do you think about that? Um, I, I, <laughs> I I'm sorry. There's another fool in his money type of situation. <laughs> Donald Trump sold a lot of crap over the years. Yes. From Trump water to Trump vodka. Oh yes, I remember some of the stuff that he was selling in in. Uh, 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 furniture stores with his own family crest, and I said to myself, "Who in the world is going to be buy a Trump <laughs> pillow with his family crest and put it in their house?" Yeah, I need a, I need a gilded chair, dining chair, a gilded gold dining chair that looks like something you'd find in a you know in a castle somewhere. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Uh, I'm, I'm in the Donald Trump keep golfing uh, camp right now. Yeah. We got Ron DeSantis. No, no. I got all these guys out there. Uh, we, we ain't going to get into that right now. Uh, listen, my. <laughs> brother i i really appreciate the uh, time today um where can people find you on social media sir watchdog on wallstreet.com is my uh, website and can connect it with me everywhere i got facebook uh, page and youtube page and all that good stuff but that's probably the easiest way to find me all right my brother have a glorious christmas and a happy new year we'll talk again soon you got it have a good one all right it's the rob carson show dissent is not disinformation it's the rob carson show Carson show. Gonna do a little Christmas shopping later today. How about you? I did something this year that I thought was uh, I just wanted to do it, and we're we're very blessed this year because we have enough to pay the bills. And uh, you know, if you've been through a hard time, we lost our house years ago. Eh, I guess seven years ago it's been, and, and I had to live in a rental for three years, and and all of that. And I always kind of looked for a reason for the hardship that I, I put my family through because, uh, you know, radio. And um, and uh, I still haven't figured it out completely. But um, I know it really reconnected me to my childhood and, and what I went through and what through so many people are going through right now. So the other day, I, uh, I, went to, I was at Sam's Club. I was buying some groceries. And I decided to get a, uh, uh, a couple of these little mini cans of – I was going to get Red Bull. But I thought that might be a little bit too much. Um, I've got these little cans of soda and the snack bags, and I put them in a basket out front for people who deliver stuff, like the mailman and, uh, you know, if Amazon comes by or UPS or whatever. And we put a little basket out there. And it's kind of cool because the ring doorbell goes off, you know, and I'll run down there right as they're walking up, and I'll just say, hey, help yourself. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And it just means a lot to me to be able to have the wherewithal to be able to do something like that because there are a lot of people who are uh, working and lifting and uh, – uh, suffering a lot more than I am, and uh, you know whatever we can do, whatever we can do to help them out, it certainly uh, is. And if you're going through tough times, I am sorry, and I know that if you believe enough, and if you really believe in it, then uh, then you're going to be all right. 
you're going to be all right. Things will turn around. Uh, let's go ahead and play a little min- musical interlude. I have an expression that I came up with called uh, Don't Catch the Stupid. I end up with my, my TV show with it every week because we fell for a whole lot of stupid with regard to, uh, or at least some people did, not you and me. But a lot of people thought, for instance, that standing six feet from somebody versus five feet from somebody would assure that you wouldn't die of one of those deadly viruses in the history of mankind. Somebody decided that a, a cloth mask could save you from the most deadly viruses of all time. Somebody decided that liquor stores could stay open and people could work at Walmart and Home Depot, but uh, you could not open restaurants or uh, or uh, workout clubs. So we came up with this. Arizona Jim and Corona. All the lies about them they've been telling you. Mm-hmm. How did they win it? Mm-hmm. The freaking Senate. Yeah. When the votes that they received were very few. Don't catch the stupid, don't buy their BS That climate change is real, inflation's not It's not Don't catch the stupid, don't believe them Because distraction and diversion's all they got We all know that Hurricane Ian was the result of global warming Russian collusion led to confusion (laughs) January 6th is a smokescreen The new Green Deal is a disguise deal Like their mandate forcing you to take vaccine Don't catch the stupid, you just can't do it that in women's sports men should compete they're teaching sex ed in kindergarten their destructive policies we must defeat like wear a mask don't wear a mask statues have fallen (laughs) it's so appalling to ignore hunter's laptop and his theft don't catch the stupid rejected nonsense everything is stupid on the one of the pièces de résistances yesterday is that, is that plural uh, is uh, John Fetterman being named one of the most fashionable people in America by the New York Times that's how stupid we've gotten yeah so this is kind of funny. Uh, Arizona mama, uh, mom decided to go, uh, well, she went viral. She showed up at a school board meeting in a cat costume. Lindsey Graham is her name. She showed up because there's a professor there, a teacher there named Paul Bixler. And his, um, his wife died a few years ago. He decided to uh, uh, become transgender and wear his dead wife's clothing because he's, uh, you know, he needs some help. He's, he's mentally ill. So what she decided to do is go to a school board meeting, and if the 72-year-old man whose wife died a couple of years can suddenly become a woman by growing her hair out and, uh, and wearing his wife's clothing, she decided to wear a cat costume and say she was a cat. Hello, my name is Lindsey Graham, and I am a cat. Meow, meow. I'm not a woman. Well, the other Lindsey Graham is a cat, but there's a different word for it. I'm dressed as a cat. I am a cat. By show of hands, I'm curious, uh, how many of you believe and confess that I'm a cat? Great. I am, by show of hands, I'm curious, how many of you believe that your child or a child from this school would believe that I'm actually a cat? Nobody. No one. No. You are right. Why? Because you are not stupid. Yo, what? What did she just say? What? Children are not stupid. Truth prevails over imagination. Oh, what is the mantra of this show? Reality exists. Discernment is innate and something we are biologically wired to have. Yes. One look at me, and you know this to be true. I am a woman posing as a cat. But a Supreme Court justice doesn't know what a woman is. You may also think correctly that if I truly believe I'm a cat, I have a mental disorder. 
If I suffer from a mental disorder, and if I'm unable to discern reality, am I safe to be around children? No, there you go. That is absolutely brilliant. It's something, a point that I've been making for a very long time, and it appears to be contagious. Let's take a break. It's the Rob Carson Show. That's going to do it for the show today, guys. Have a glorious day. Make sure to check out the podcast, newsmaxtv.com slash podcast. I will see you tomorrow, which is a big old Friday. In the meantime, as always, do not catch the stupid. See you then.